WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Upfront program for this uh, Tuesday morning. I'm Roger, and I'm here. Um, actually, I'm here Monday through Friday. I'm not always at the microphone for the Upfront program because I don't have enough to talk about. So, on Monday, I let my brother, Dick, uh, talk about it in any way he wants to. And then on Friday, Mr. John Brian comes in. Uh, but... Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, uh, we get together and uh, chat about the issues of the day. And um, and often I invite people to the program. We have a little agreement with the council, and they're all in agreement, uh, like seven to nothing, like a lot of the votes last night. Uh, seven to nothing to rotate around and, and come visit the Upfront program and talk about the council meeting the night before. And in the rotation today is uh, Council President John Ward. He's in studio, and we want to say hello to you. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, listeners. Hello out there. Be careful of the rain. It's going to get slippery and wet. But the city of Woonsocket is ready. The city of Woonsocket is ready, I'm sure. And I'll just say what I said um, before. I, I hope people will go out there and make sure that storm drains in front of their homes yeah. or near them are cleared of ice and snow so that when the rains do come, the melting snow and ice and the water will have an easy path to drain away from the streets so we don't have problems. My first order of business is um, the city council meeting at 6 o'clock last night. Is this a, a permanent uh, thing and uh, how did it come about? Uh, it came about, I think, because there were a couple of meetings we were going on fairly late and... Um, some council people would have preferred to get finished earlier, and so they made a move to shift it to six o'clock, and they changed our rules. Well, it was it was proposed to change the rules to have the meeting start at six o'clock, and so it passed, and so here we are. The regular council meetings will start at six p.m. from now on. From now on, is or, that done? Or, in- or until another council says, mm-hmm. "Yeah, no, that's not necessary," but you know, right now, for it's it's for, for from now on. Uh, other communities, is that uh, uh, a standard time, or is this a little bit earlier than usual? I don't think so. I think the standard time is 7 o'clock. Uh-huh. Most, most communities that I'm aware of are 7 o'clock. I'm sure others are at different times. Various boards and commissions and other groups meet at a variety of times throughout the day. Like our investment board and redevelopment agency meet at 8 o'clock in the morning. The housing authority meets at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Although, I think when you were on the board, the meetings were in the evening. Um, I don't remember exactly what time they started, but now they're four in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, but the most councils, I believe, are seven o'clock. Well, one time they were in the evening and uh, when I was on Housing Authority. Yes. And then uh, they switched it to uh, four o'clock in the afternoon the second time I was there. Uh-huh. Those two major mistakes in my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> serving on the Housing Authority once and serving on the Housing Authority, authority a second time. The only good thing I did is not agree to do it a third time. I don't, I'm not quite sure I want to be there at this day and age. All right. Um, so um, next question uh, from our listener. Good morning, Roger and Council President uh, Ward. Is it true that there were zero electronic messages from uh, Lisa Baldelli-Hunt uh, in reference to the secret land deal? Have they been scrubbed? And um, and talk about what you uh, talked about uh, uh, last night at the council meeting about the independent investigator. Well, the council lawyer. Has, the lawyer. Com- well, I'm assuming it's going to be a lawyer who will do this because um, I believe we may have to, or at least I want to, or at least be able to issue subpoenas to um, demand testimony from, from certain parties who have refused to give answers. But the fact is there was a tie-in with the land, with a property that was on tax sale and acquired a tax title by a buyer and was going to foreclose and it had to be turned over to turn back to the owner. It was turned back to the city by accident. It's all very confusing and messy. And yes, there I have only noted... Two emails that came from the mayor that were very nondescript, uh, talking about a meeting, meeting with certain people um, to discuss 
the matter and at the conclusion of the deal, an urgency to get this done. Um, that's it. Out of the whole time frame in requesting, and I, I'm, I don't think there will be ever found any other emails, though I can't say that for certain. However, I get the impression that the former mayor um, simply did not use email as a matter of course in doing business inside City Hall. And I, you know, one of the things the former mayor was famous for was whenever somebody would have a problem with her, she would simply respond with, well, why didn't you just call me? And I suspect it's because she never wanted to have anything on the record that could be referred back to um, in case something went wrong. At least that's my suspicion. And so she would rarely, if ever, render anything to a writing that was a permanent record. She would do it by phone so that if, uh, like a river, if um, an obstacle came up, it would simply meander its way around the obstacle and continue on its path. And I think that's how she operated. Mr. Council President, so back to uh, our uh, inquirer here. Uh, Brian uh, writes, uh, so are you going to follow through on the investigation after Mr. Thompson spoke last night. It sounds like uh, the council's on board on this. I think you've already passed something uh, in the past. Uh, is there any pushback on this? Um, well, no, not pushback. I had just gotten the impression from hearing people in the community sometimes talk and some some others that uh, there was a sense that somehow this has sort of reached its conclusion and let's just move on because the fight over Mr. Du Bois' situation um, culminates with the mayor making a decision, yes or no. And I, I was beginning to suspect that people might think this has all come to an end, and it really hasn't. And so I'm going to be speaking with the solicitor about writing up a request for qualifications and proposals for somebody to engage with us in this investigation and come to some conclusions for us and produce a report and possibly generate some subpoenas and call for testimony before the council. And if they choose not to respond, uh, take appropriate action. So I think it, it's, necess it's really necessary to get to the bottom of this. this. This really started back in August of 2022, and there's just so many loose ends that are not yet wrapped up. John, uh, have you heard of... Uh one of three agencies uh, looking into this, state police, uh, attorney general, or uh, the U.S. Uh, attorney, uh, um, Mr. Cooner, uh, is this, uh, are they just uh, waiting for the city of Woonsocket to uh, come up with some information? I don't know that uh, they're not, but again, those agencies are not usually in, um, known for disclosing what they're looking into. I don't because we've put the information out there on public for public view. They could very well have pulled this together and start doing their own invest started doing their own investigation without having to ask any questions yet. I don't know. Um, I'm actually I, I'm I'm more. I believe the possibility exists more for the U.S. Attorney's Office because this involves HUD funds. And because it involved HUD funds, and they like to use the word conspiracy in their work so much that um, <clears throat> that I think they would probably be the, the agency that would have the most interest in it. Back to the housing authority for a second that uses housing funds, uh, uh, HUD funds rather, yes. for housing. Um, so uh, having you m mentioned HUD... Wouldn't HUD, uh, the uh, the Boston regional office, be interested in this? I believe, in speaking with a couple of people around the state, that um, apparently, again, this is just this is a bit of rumor, but I think it has credibility yeah, that the um, not necessarily the Boston regional office, but more the HUD office of Inspector General um, may have a strong interest in what's going on in this and other communities in the state, but this one in particular, um, over some of the things that have happened at the housing authority in the last couple of years. And, uh, and in this particular issue, they may, because it involved HUD officials releasing funds under circumstances that may or may not have been sufficient to meet their policy requirements. I don't know, 
Uh, I don't know what the internal workings of the HUD office are. So there are numer- numerous agencies out there that could be look into this besides the city hiring a attorney slash investigator. Uh, yes, and the key words there are could be. I don't know, and they're mm-hmm. not. They're certainly not. It's not in their nature to say yes or no. They simply do it, and you find out when they decide to make it a public thing. Well, Sonka City Council met last night, and we invite a member of the council to join us to review the council meeting. I've sort of asked a few questions, so I usually go to that uh, standard question. In looking at the agenda and looking at the material covered, uh, what is the uh, lead story from the Woonsocket City Council meetings? Almost like you're a Seth Bromley at the Woonsocket call and you are uh, making the headline from last night's meeting. What would you say was uh, item number one of uh, significance? Hmm. Item number one of significance, I think the one that probably will get the most public chatter has to do with the effort to raise the salaries of the mayor and the city council after the next election, um, going to 120000 for the mayor and 12000 and 12250 for the council. Um, I did receive a text message pointing out that the city of Pawtucket is basically doing the same thing at this very moment, talking about doing that and uh, to a much higher level. Uh, themselves, and that one may get some some public chatter and some questioning. But in doing looking at salary comparability across the state for mayors and town managers and and town administrators, there's uh, the the, the hundred and twenty. I think is a little bit high, but it's not out of line with what's really out there at the time, at the moment. Um, and it's not that we have to be competitive. It's not like we're hiring. It's more electing, but. Uh, for the effort that's necessary to do the job and manage a $180 million operation that's probably warranted. Um, Isn't they, the argument also that uh, that you you can attract candidates for mayor because they don't want to get penalized from the job that they have? They're making 130 and uh, all of a sudden they're dropping down to 80 or 90,000 bucks. Well, there is that. And the, there's an argument, too, that there's a public service aspect to it. And one of the things our founding fathers always thought of government political office being was something that you would simply do temporarily in the interest of the government and in the interest of the service of the country or your community. And then you would go back into what you were doing. But you're right. It was one of those things where. Every time someone would talk to me while I was in the middle of my career about running for mayor, it's like, okay, I'm going to put my neck on the line to make less money and then go back to what I'm doing. It's uh, Sometimes it just didn't, didn't make sense necessarily economically. Uh, I think the other one that's interesting, too. Well, be, is, before uh, you go to the sure. other one, so the council did pass. It did pass. Uh, and, the, and that means that... For, uh, the, for the first time. Right. It needs a second pass. Right. Do you, do you think there'll be any pushback on that between um, now and then? Well, we've got, you know, the public has two weeks to do that if they choose to, and we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure that there will be any pushback on that. And so if it does pass for a second time, it takes effect when the next administration comes in, right? Correct. Yes. You can't vote on a raise for yourself in the term you're in. You have to wait until the next term for whoever's there. Yeah, same thing applies here at the radio station for the next term. So, so the next owner, the, the next owners get a raise. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Um, what is that the second item before but, we by take? By the way, I, I don't think Chris Boule will ex- object to these increases because I know is I've no. heard him over and over and over again talk mm-hmm. about how the mayor's job should be oh. paid more. We'll ask him um, now. There's uh, we did clear out three items from the ARPA funding, and you mentioned one of them was the skating, the artificial surface skating rink. The other was the $4 million for um, for the uh, water meter replacement, which was actually going to be done through a, a loan through um, the infrastructure bank, because there's going to be a loan forgiveness component to it, and mm-hmm. so it was decided to go in that direction because of the very low interest rate, and... Um, Another item for $25,000, I, I think it was related to uh, improvements to the animal shelter because it's being replaced by... A yeah, million, something uh, was in the budget, didn't some, it? There was something put in specifically to build a new one now that the old one's been destroyed. So that was taken out. Um, well, we're, since we're talking about the animal shelter... Yes. Uh, you know, uh, what's the story with that? Uh, there's... Apparently, the former mayor had made the decision unilaterally that it was going to be using the concession stand at Rivers, Rivers Edge Park to convert to the animal shelter. But in fact, um, 
it's really something that should go through a council deliberation. And we're going to be discussing siting the animal shelter next Monday at a special meeting, um, which I guess is what we call work sessions now, or special meetings. And we're going to be discussing that siting because there are other there are other possibilities. And I've received some concerns um, expressed from people involved in this that think that it's not necessarily the best location because of security, because it's very far off from line of sight for police for security reasons. And animal control officials aren't there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so there are concerns about the fact that there's access from the public. Uh, this I, I I did reach out to the AKC and I reached out to the veterans veterinarians associations and I'm waiting response back from one of them but the AKC expressed reservations about citing it so close to a dog park because of the threat of exposure to um, uh, viruses and illnesses and and getting dogs from the animal shelter effect infecting dogs from the dog park uh, because of the proximity and then the noise and what it does, how it gets the dogs inside the cages irritated when the dogs outside are playing. So there's, there's questions that need to be answered. And there are other sites available. We need to talk about it as a council. Before we go, we can hire an architect, but in terms of what they're going to build, will be up for discussion, I think. So for uh, animal lovers out there, uh, a dog or an animal shelter is coming. It's really the location that's yes, the issue. that's the issue at this point. We still have... The old location that some may say is not a good location, I don't necessarily agree. I need to know the specific conditions that would prevent that from happening. It would have to be something of a different size and design. Um, and then there was another area mentioned. We're waiting for the old water treatment plant to be torn down on Manville Road. And when that's torn down, you're going to have about two and a half acres of land sitting there empty. And I've not heard of any plans for that space. And that may turn out to be a good space because it could have a secure fence but still be visible from from the street. So when police patrol, they could go by there and see that there's nothing inappropriate going on or any problems. So there's, there's, there's a couple of sites that are being, should be considered. Commercial time. They're back. They're fresh. They're delicious. Um, last Tuesday and the Tuesday before, the people who prepare the fresh grinders for the Elks... They um, were on a uh, Christmas, New Year's vacation, but they're back today uh, before the rain comes, starting at uh, 10 o'clock this morning. 380 Social Street is the location. $8 is the price. And um, have I seen these grinders? Yeah, uh, they've come into the station a few times. JR has picked, uh, picked them up at the uh, Elks, and they are loaded. They're heavy. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of cold cuts there. And if you'd like one, you can get uh, one, two, or three, as many as you want, uh, from the Woonsocket Elks. They're in the parking lot. They have a cooler out there. The grinders are in there. And they sell them to you for $8. If you, you need like a half dozen or a dozen, maybe you should call ahead at 762-1148 for the Elks. And tomorrow night will be uh, pasta night, uh, Italian night at the Elks. And then um, we have entertainment on Saturday night. And Bingo is back at the Elks this coming Sunday. It was canceled um, uh, this weekend because of uh, the snow. That was a good call. Huh? Uh, Bingo back for the Elks this coming Sunday. The doors open at 4 and the bingo starts at 6 o'clock. All right. Sounds like a good deal from the Elks. Back in a moment. Making home improvements easy, affordable, and painless. We are Skyhawk Property Solutions of Rhode Island. We do it all, including the installation or repair of roofing, siding, and concrete work for both commercial and residential. Call Sergio for free estimates provided for you 24 hours or less. Call Sergio for a new roof quote at 401-366-4959. Skyhawk Property Solutions speaks English, Spanish, and Portuguese for customer convenience. We're all about 100% premium quality and remember our slogan we've got you covered skyhawk property solutions check us out on the internet at skyarc.pro roofing and siding done the correct way and unsurpassed quality of craftsmanship building your vision leaving your legacy
When choosing an insurance agent, experience, personalized service, and commitment to community is important. For over 20 years, Hunter Insurance has offered the best coverage at the most competitive price. Whether it's personal or business coverage, we'll create an insurance package designed just for you. We offer life insurance and annuities, disability, long-term care insurance, as well as retirement and college savings plans. Hunter Insurance, an independent five-star agency dedicated to supporting and giving back to the community. Visit us at 389 Old River Road, Lincoln, Rhode Island, or call us at 401-769-9500. American-made products. That's what we feature at Waltz Clothing, 837 Cumberland Hill Road, Woonsocket. Open Tuesday through Saturday. American-made, we're serious. Boots from Carolina, Thorogood, Red Wing, and Rocky, all made in the USA. Also, American-made sweatshirts, American-made socks, full-grain leather belts, bootlaces and leather gods and boot gods. And we carry treads, rubber overboots, American-made. So come on in to the place where the workperson finds everything they need. Waltz Clothing, 837 Cumberland Hill Road. Find us on Facebook, or if you have a question, 765-7582. Let's meet for lunch or dinner at the Roast House. Their menu offers something for everyone. Seafood and chicken, roasts, steaks, and chops. Appetizers and their rotation of the heartiest soups in the area. Open Sunday through Thursday, 1130 to 9. Friday and Saturday, 1130 to 10 p.m. Now, here are some of the delicious choices awaiting you at the Roast House. Roast House. Oh, one of my favorite spots. Not because it's close to my house. Uh, that uh, makes it convenient. But uh, if it wasn't close to my house, I'd still go there. All right. There's the testimony. I'm looking at that that um, great uh, menu uh, item. They have great luncheon uh, specials at the Roast House. Fish tacos, if you uh, like a nice uh, piece of fish and uh, wrapped into a, a taco, we've got them. It's on the, um, it's on the menu at uh, the Roast House. And uh, what else is there? Um, hot open-faced stuffed turkey. This is the most popular dish on the uh, luncheon menu, and you can order it today and any day at the Roast House. They're in Blackstone. They're also in Pawtucket, but everybody goes to the one around here. All right. Hope you'll check it out. The Roast House, good food. We'll have another commercial break a little bit later on the program. Right now, let's get back to our guest. All right. Thank you. All right, Roger, press the magic button because you can't go back to the show unless this guy says rejoin the show. Here it comes. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. We try to make it sound as much like a real bona fide radio program as possible. <laughs> right. All right. Hello make, there, Mr. You make a great effort. Thank you, sir. Uh, uh, welcome hey, back. I'm going to add to the commercial. Yeah, go ahead. I have never been disappointed going to the Roast House mm-hmm. for a meal. Thank you for saying that. Uh, George will be very, very happy. He lives here in uh, Woonsocket. And uh, he's... Um, oh, then I'm yeah. sorry. I'll have to take it back so nobody will think I'm pandering for votes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like maybe some of the activity <laughs> last night at the council meeting, but uh, I won't even ask you about that. Uh, no, I, uh, it's not worth uh, the I, I do honestly have to say I've never been disappointed going to the Roast House. Good. All right, we're uh, reviewing the Woonsocket City Council meeting uh, last night. Uh, let me look at some of the people that came before the council meeting. Uh, Carol Nasuti talking about the... Uh, the brunch show coming up for Dr. Martin Luther King uh, this coming uh, this coming weekend, uh, and uh, then we see um, you know uh, a couple of people from outside the uh, community. Um, did you learn anything from public good and welfare last night? Uh, when when I think of uh, Carol, Rhonda, Pauline, Sam, the dentist was there. Dan the Ginger. dentist surprised me. Oh, right. All right. Um, I was, I water was, quality. I was huh? interested to hear about the water quality, and more specifically, it has to do with fluoridation. And I, um, I've always known that fluoridation is something that's beneficial for, from the perspective of dentists, being that my father was a dentist and yeah. my brother is a dentist and my nieces are dentists. I and my daughter-in-law is a dental hygienist. I uh, I always knew that, but you always hear about the stories where people claim that fluoridation is is unhealthy and it's poisoning people and it's dangerous. 
And I've never quite understood it because the levels of fluoride in the water system are are nominal at best. And it's it's a good preventative measure. And I think it's I think one of the things that people often don't give enough credibility to is the fact that um, besides diet, which unfortunately is turning into a diet that's turning the nation obese, um, but besides diet, one of the things that has most improved the longevity, I think, of American people and prevented disease is good oral health. And one of those conditions is um, has been because of the fluoridation of the water systems. So circling back to this story, uh, Dr. Samuel uh, Pentbaum, uh, a dentist uh, with the uh, Rhode Island uh, Department of Health, comes before the Woonsocket City Council and actually praises our water quality report mm-hmm. and um, uh, in connection with uh, the uh, fluoride, fluoride treatment uh, uh, that is added to the water system and commends the city of Woonsocket, Correct. right? Yes. Now, that was and, something and, unusual. And, well, I mean, it was sort of out of the blue. It's not something, you know, nobody issued the press release. Nobody mentioned it ahead of time. Um, and we do have a new, as they call it, state-of-the-art water treatment facility up off of Jilson Avenue. And um, apparently it's doing its job. I know it's a little different than the chlorination process, but the fluoridation process is part of what happens, and it's um, it served us well, and it will serve us well for many years. Short-term loans is our next topic, and um, so it uh, looks like there's a lot of pressure uh, on the uh, General Assembly not to enact um, shall we say, legislation to control the interest rates or, or things like that on short-term loans. We have a payday num- loans. Yep, payday loans. We have a number of these uh, operations here in Northern Rhode Island. Now, did the city council action, though, uh, legislate to control over um, payday loan operations in Woonsocket, or is it just a, like a resolution uh, in, oh, in no. telling the General Assembly that we should? No, it's it's actually controls. A, it's a licensing control that the council has and can put limitations and restrictions, and those are the things that will that will make it difficult for um, the ones that charge exorbitant interest rates from doing business in the city. It's basically doing what the General Assembly has been unable to do. And frankly, I never knew we had the authority to exercise that kind of control. But in questioning it with General Assembly members and and legislative council and others, it was determined that, yes, we do have that ability and we're not the first community to do it. And so um, hopefully this will remove... Um, the aggressive payday loan business with its uh, repeat lending that ends up turning into multiple hundreds of percentage point interest rates over a course of a year. Besides being the licensing authority for these uh, short-term high-interest lenders, do you have the authority to put a ceiling on how much interest they can charge? Um, It actually does speak to, I don't know if it speaks to the interest. I'd I'd have to go back and read the details of it. I did when it first came up. And it was impressive in that it's I believe, limits the amount of rollovers that can be done and time elements and things of that nature. And it requires reporting by these companies that do it and um, renewal of a license and an annual choice of whether or not the council wants to renew someone's license. So they can't do business without that license. And it's not like a liquor license where they have a, uh, a, a legal right to the continuation of the license. It's basically at the discretion of the council year to year. Uh, council member Garrett Manseri was against it, but it sounds like uh, no one else uh, has a big objection. Nearly 12 acres of land up in the Burnham District in a remote area near uh, the new water garage uh, or maintenance facility or whatever it is being built. And um, at 150 grand for nearly 12 acres, uh, even if the property is a lot of wetlands or so forth, sounds like a good deal. Well, there's, there's certain aspects to it that make it junk land. Nobody's ever developed up there. It's been a problem because of a lack of ability to get water lines and sewer lines in because of ledge. And it is surrounding the property, but again, it's it's steep angles. It's um, lots of ledge. It's not a, it's not conducive to to development of any kind, except possibly down below near Miles Avenue and and um, and that area. So 
uh, the the director thought it would be prudent for us to maintain control over the property because it's so close to our water treatment plant, and though it um, it's not an obvious threat right now, um, but vandalism or, and or terrorism, and again, water systems are very very delicate things to to um, put at risk, and so you buy surrounding land and just protect the board the perimeter. And if there's some developable land available and the city wants to subdivide it to put it out for sale, it could do that in the future because we're using our our own controlled money, not DEM money, to buy this. So it, it's an opportunity to protect the water system's operation as well as possibly leave something available for future development down near the roads. Could it be a hiking trail or something like that? No, it's not that big a space, really. They just filled in the spot where they're going to put the new garage and office space for the water department, and they sort of created a a very steep cliff down to a bottom area that's got a lot of wetlands and, like I said, a lot of rock and ledge, and it's it's really not a... I mean, 12 acres seems like a lot until you you look over it, over its space, Mm -hmm. and Looks like you've examined the site. I've been there several uh-huh. times from several angles, from Acre Street, from Miles Avenue. From So you're in favor of buying it? So I'm in favor of buying it because I think it, it sort of um, seals off the area. And at some point in the future, you'll probably see the whole area fenced off anyway because it would be a prudent thing to do and have a gate. Right now, they have a gate at the entrance to the water treatment plant. There may be a desire to fence off the area that uh, protects it even further. Good morning, Roger and John. I just want to commend Dan Gendron stepping up to the plate at the meeting last night regarding raises for mayor and council. We need him back on the council. I, having said that, my final words regarding raises for the council, in my opinion, the only one who deserves a raise at this time is John Ward, amen, Sandra LaFrance. Well, thank you very Uh, much. So did he speak against it or or for it? Uh, He suggested that we put it off closer to a point closer to the budget deliberations when we can see whether or not the budget will provide it as something that's affordable to the city um, rather than do it now. Um, And I I understand what he's saying and appreciate it. I just, I don't know that, that, uh, I hate to call it this, but that small amount relative to the size and scope of the budget is going to be um, that damaging to the budget. But we'll see when we get there. And there's always an opportunity to change it again before the next before the next election. Um, when the budget comes about, if it's that serious a problem, then we address it accordingly. And if you want to support Dan, he's got a fundraiser going on this evening at K, so feel free to show up there and show him your support. That leads me to my next question. Uh, we have four people who have taken our papers. Nobody's certified yet. Uh, are you uh, backing anybody for uh, council? Well, uh, since you plugged his fundraiser, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, getting a little uh, suspicious that you may uh, favor him. Well, I, I, how would I not favor Dan? I served with him for many years. He's, he's a thoughtful and deliberate member of a council who does his homework and is, is involved in researching the projects. He's had the benefit of serving and sitting in the mayor's office for several weeks and getting a, a an inside baseball insider baseball look at what goes on in City Hall. Though in this instance it was a distorted view of a of a distorted operation, but at least he got the inside view of what goes on and he's worked on the council, he's worked on the zoning board. He's had many, many years in public service doing those things and so it's hard not to support Dan Gendron as the most experienced person to come back on the council. Um, so, yeah, that's where I am. All right, clear enough. Uh, we're talking about some of the things going on. Uh, what about these um, settlements of uh, tax uh, claims? I know rent center we're giving them tax credits into the future or something like that. Yes. Uh, but um, are there a lot of them and a lot more to come? Well, there there were a lot of them, and there are more to come because they were allowed to languish in court cases, and we didn't always have a uh, an assessment board of review to make decisions or do hearings, and so many of them ended up in superior court. And um, yes, there, there are quite a few left. I really would hope that we would clear some of this up using either um, trying to settle it where instead of refunds we're offsetting future tax liabilities with like this one is 
Um, it's very awkward, and it has to do with some of the complaints former councils have had over how values were set by the former tax assessor. And this is one of those where a certain law, I think, was applied that was not relevant to this particular operation, as well as a bill being sent out one year after this, one of the stores had actually closed. Um, and you really can't tax somebody that's not there in business. And so this is to clear that one up. And there are others to come. That, but we did have one case that is actually a multitude of houses being represented um, because of the last revaluation where those multifamily houses over, over three units or four and more um, received a significant increase in valuation at the time. And um, many of those properties are now in appeal in court, and that case is currently being litigated. Um, but this solicitor is spending an awful lot of time trying to clear up these cases because they can be a drag on the operation. Any of them, any of them enough to bankrupt us? Up, bankrupt no. us, us? No. Did I say that uh, right? But they can put a strain on us, yes, for mm -hmm. sure. Okay. Um, but bankrupt, no. I don't think so. We have some callers before we take our break, so let's uh, press some buttons and uh, take them as they appear to have come in. Hello there. You are well, next. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question for John. Sure. Um, I'm reading the, the call this morning, and there's an invitation to bid by the city of Woonsocket, and it, the title is Installation of Sewer Main Slash Laterals Citywide. Are we replacing all our sewer lines? No. No, I, I okay. think I think what it is, you go get a contract for uh, a contractor, and then as you identify needs for sewer lines that need replacement in various neighborhoods, where the the lines, some of these lines, as the director will point out, are over a hundred years old, and some need just need replacement. And so, as they select locations to do that replacement work, probably as part of rebuilding roadways. Um, or in conjunction with the gas company doing upgrades to the gas lines before they finalize the pavement of the roads. Um, they identify them, and they'll have one contractor who will go to whatever sites need to be done. So they're not okay. replacing the whole city for sure. And does the homeowner have a say in replacing what's on their property, or are they forced? at that time to do it? No, I don't know that the homeowner is required to do anything in this case. It would be the lines to the laterals, and they would only go to the, the owner's property line, and if um, if there's no okay. reason if there's no reason to replace your line, there's certainly never going to be a demand that you replace your line, and that would really okay. be up to the homeowner and whether their line is working clearly to the street. Thank you for your call. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Caller number two. Hello. Your question or comment, please. Good morning. Hello. 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 Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, first of all, I want to thank you, Mr. Ward. You do a wonderful job well, for our city. Thank you. But now I'm referring to an article in the Breeze, November 22nd or 28th. Would you agree? Oh, it says uh, from... They have 53,000 people that needed food help in 2019, and in 2023 went up to 75,000. Would you agree that we have more low-income people in Woonsocket than North Smithfield and Cumberland have? Oh, oh certainly. Absolutely. Um, all you have to do is look at our median family income, which is in the upper 30,000s range versus Cumberland, which is up in the uh, it's up near 80,000 per family in North Smithfield, I believe, is somewhere around the upper 60s or 70s. So, yes, we have clearly more people who are low income and or no income. We have a higher population of homeless. I can't hear you very well. Oh, I'm sorry. We have a higher population of homeless people. We have a much higher population of low income people. Um, and they and they have they have neighborhoods that have uh, uh, residents who are much wealthier and living in houses that are much more valuable. I know where she's heading with this question yes. <laughs> because I listened to you on John Dion yesterday. Yes. So what kind? Well, of, yeah, go ahead. Um, Cumberland has a, a program 
where people can uh, go there, I think it's a couple times a month, to get food. And North Smithfield has a, a food pantry also. But North Smithfield, you have to show proof of uh, residency. And they can go uh, two, the last two Tuesday evenings and the last two Saturday mornings of each month. And they get everything. They get uh, milk and uh, so are we going to have a program like this, sir? I, I, you know, honestly, I, I thought she was heading in a different direction with the question about the fact that I think Cumberland allows seniors to volunteer its town hall and town programs to get tax credits. But, um, you know, both of those ideas are good ideas. I, I just don't know how it's, how it's operated, and it would be certainly something to look into. Why don't you spend a moment uh, while she's on the line to let us know where we're headed, though, with that facility on social street that is going to be an opportunity for people well, to that's that's the interesting story i don't know the answer to that i've got to follow, i'll have to follow and, up well maybe you could arrange mr debrace to come in and uh, uh, talk about we, it maybe we could do that yes because i, I don't know where it is in the process and isn't that just going to be another grocery store though not that's not, where, not uh, really I it's, I it's not the former mayor was starting a program where she delivered uh, food baskets yeah. She got to one high rise, and she was going to do one a month. So, I see. And you can use OPA funds for that. Well, um, that may be so. I don't know. She didn't share that information with the council. I don't know. We don't know really what she was doing, delivering, how she was managing to deliver the food, how it was being funded. And frankly, that's one of the things that really was not shared with the city council members, at least certainly not with me. Um, but well, it's certain, it's something that can be asked about. Who in the city would be able to well, start looking into that program? Well, now that I've had this conversation with you, I can, and I'll start by asking the current mayor. And we'll talk about that with Mr. DeBroyce and about the locations on Social Street right. that are being considered. And I'm also aware there's food being handed out in the city of Woonsocket in numerous places. I'm going to get a list together because there's some churches. There uh, are churches. There's uh, Cease, uh, Community Carolina. They're, they're handing out food like crazy. It's just you're not on the list, and we're going to get that list and um, and let, let you know because there's plenty of handouts going out in Woonsocket right now. Plenty. I'm sure there are. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, as a public service... Uh, we'll get it together. We'll figure out how to get right. a list together and be able to make it's it available to people. Seniors, but it's families that can well, use that. Well, we'll find out because... Thank uh, you so much. You're welcome. Because I, I think uh, there's food for everybody. Hello there. What would you like good, to talk about? Good morning. I just want to clarify something. In North Smithfield, a congregational church in St. John's, for years... Mm -hmm has had a food pantry run by the church. The uh, schools collect at various times a year, and it's brought to the church. And people now show proof, because for a while, we had center hoppers. Mm -hmm. They would go from Woonsocket to Cumberland. Really? Wherever, yeah. even people from out of state. I can't believe that. It sounds like the Mexican right. border. Right. Sounds, sounds like... <laughs> I think you're trying to say that some people are uh, unethical in terms of obtaining free food. Well, you taught me a lesson today. I, I had a hunch when there was talk about North Smithfield and, and Cumberland. You know, generally these food pantries aren't run by the municipality. They're mm -hmm. run by churches and other organizations. I think St. Joseph's here, Joseph's here right. in Woonsocket has had a food pantry for years and yep. years and years. We're going to uh, look others. into that for our, our previous caller. Thank you, caller, for uh, clarifying that North Smithfield. Appreciate and that. schools participate in collecting food as well. Good. Thank you. All right. We are on the upfront program. It's break time. Uh, we have to do that. We still have a few more questions. Early bird specials. That's what they're called. And they're available uh, every um, Tuesday through Friday at Sabini's. Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. I was there just uh, the other night for a function. Boy, their food is good. And on that early bird special between 4 and 5.30, on that early bird special is, uh, oh, look at there, chicken masala. I like that. And baked haddock is there. And fish and chips is there. And, and pasta bolognese. That's my favorite. And then on the other side of the menu is what you can have uh, for a side, like roasted potatoes. And that's the one I always choose. It's eleven ninety nine, dine-in only, every Tuesday through Friday. 
at the Pomodoro. Today, being Tuesday, if you dine there tonight and you like wine, like uh, I do, half price on wines every Tuesday. I'm looking at the wine list here, and I'm looking at, um, like, uh, Duckhorn Merlot, half price, J-Law Cabernet, half price, uh, Conundrum Red Blend, half price. Every Tuesday night, half price wines at Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. And also oysters from 4 to 6 p.m. for just a buck. You can't beat it. It's every, um, every day for the, uh, for the oysters between 4 and 6. Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar right here in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Good food every day of the week. All right. Who else do we? Oh, we want to tell you about um, Community Care Alliance. They're hiring and uh, maybe um, they're going to hire, um, hire you. Here's Lisa to tell you all about it. At Community Care Alliance, our 500 employees are passionate about strengthening lives. Right now, we have job openings that give you the opportunity to build a stronger community with us. We hire every level in multiple disciplines. We offer competitive salaries, a comprehensive benefit package, including generous vacation, sick time, holidays, and competitive medical and dental coverage. Find out more at www.communitycareri.org or by calling 401-235-7458. Your life experience could contribute to the riches and qualities of care that we provide. Lunch at Grumpy's today at noontime? Yeah, may I highly recommend it. Last time I was there, as a matter of fact, the last three times I was there, I had the same thing. I have discovered for $7.99 on that luncheon menu, steak tarta. What does that mean? To me, it's a steak sandwich. It's shaved steak Served on a grilled torpedo and topped with uh, sautéed peppers and onions and American cheese and served with French fries. But uh, you can substitute coleslaw or something else for it. They're very accommodating. It's called Steak Tartar. $7.99, $6.99, $7.99, $8.99, There's all kinds of prices on the Grumpy's luncheon menu. Check it out. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Today's author's hour, we have a special double header, A Whaler at Twilight by Alexander R. Brash and Reverend Edward McClellan, Memories of Fairlawn. Please join us. That'll be right after this program. John Ward, are you still here? I am. Okay. Uh, so, is it too early to ask you whether uh, you're... You're running for mayor since we've got these council seats. Uh, so uh, what's, your, what's your answer? I mean, everybody's asking you that, I bet. Um, I'm, getting a lot of, I'm getting a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's a little bit early that uh, we have a council race to deal with, replacing a council seat. We have a mayor in office finishing the term. And um, I think uh, in short order, at the appropriate time, it'll become known what's going on with who, who's planning to run for council, who's planning to run for mayor in the next race in the fall. Um, we'll get there. Uh, who are the people that uh, are not cooperating with you? Earlier in the program, you said uh, you're <laughs> trying to get information and uh, they won't talk to you. Well, I, I have not gotten an answer from the company that did the that purchased that 646 Menden Road property at tax sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and they went to foreclose on the deed and were blocked because of the f- improper tax sale process. Um, well, I've had, I've, been, I've posed the question as to who suggested to them that they deed the property back to the city instead of deeding it to the original owner um, that they were trying to foreclose on. And I don't have that answer, but I'd like to get that answer. And I may yet still. And the other one is the consultant who had been hired to advise the city on CDBG programs and the federal funding. Um, I forgot the name of the company, but the gentleman's name is Brian Hull. He's out of Providence or thereabouts. And, um, you know, I posed the questions. The solicitor sent the questions to them. He invoked the desire to have uh, speak to a lawyer. He did, and then they chose not to answer the questions, but his name pops up in a few emails going back to 2022, and he references the purchase of the land for about a million dollars, and so 
I want to get down to getting an answer as to where this all started and what triggered the desire to do the land because, frankly, um, as I do my homework, I'm finding out that the Menden Road property was just the culmination of a series of transactions that significantly benefited Ray Bork through the work of the administration. And so um, the mayor did list him as his, her employer back in 2011. I'm just wondering if she ever stopped working for him. Less than a minute to go. Homelessness generally still a problem here in Woonsocket. Yes, right, and, and everywhere. Right, and we will talk more about it in future programs because it, it isn't going away, right? I don't think so. Right. Not this week. Yeah. Not this winter. <laughs> Thank you for uh, joining us on the program today. Always interesting talking with you, Council Thank President. Thank you very much for having me. All right, and uh, have a great Woonsocket day if you can, and right? I'll hope to, and be, be careful tonight with the rain. It'll be heavy, and some winds will be strong, and... Uh, Take good care, and again, unblock has rains. WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket. I'm Rich Thomason. They say everybody talks about the weather, and from coast to coast, a lot of people are doing just that, including folks across a vast swath of the country's midsection. The storm's snow and gusty winds are creating whiteout conditions that have closed parts of two interstate highways, a long stretch of Interstate 80 in central Nebraska and a part of Interstate 70 in Kansas. Schools and government offices in several states are closed today. Meteorologist Josh Weiss of the National Weather Service's Weather Prediction Center says the storm isn't over yet. This system will continue to move northeast today into tonight and continuing into Wednesday into the Great Lakes bringing a widespread swath of 6 to 12 inches of snow from places like just north of Kansas City, Missouri, through just north of Chicago, Illinois, and into the into parts of Michigan. And Donna Water. United and Alaska Airlines say they found loose parts in door panels during inspection of Boeing 737 MAX 9 jetliners. This after a door panel flew off an Alaska Airlines plane in flight last week. Secretary of State Blinken's current Mideast tour finds him back in Israel today. He's also met with leaders in Turkey, Greece, and Jordan, Qatar, and Saudi Arabia. Everywhere I went, I found leaders who were determined to prevent the conflict that we're facing now from spreading, um, doing everything possible to deter.